Hope your day went well today on this Tuesday. Sun's out in the city, though the uh, nighttime comes earlier these days. I hate the early sunset. 312-332-3776. Sun setting earlier on the bear seasons. That's for sure. So sad at one and five. Um, I'm going to play you some Lewis Riddick here in a moment. I want to reset the poll question. The Bears are bringing in more quarterbacks to the building. They signed Trace McSorley, uh, the former Penn State quarterback who's been around the NFL uh, since 2019 when he was drafted by the Ravens. He hasn't done much in the league. This is a practice squad contract. Um, If Justin does go on injured reserve and he doesn't play on uh, Sunday, I would assume they would probably activate him. For the game, so they have three quarterbacks, or does it not matter if you have just two in Peterman and Bajan? Does well, it matter? Isn't it the if you rule the third one is is you can only go in if in fact the other two are hurt? Right. Doesn't right. so you get an extra You do, spot. but you still have to make a roster spot for him. And if Justin yeah. like Justin would have to go on the injured reserve to create that extra roster spot. Or else you're using your roster spot by Using someone, you know what I'm saying? I jumped like, the 53, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you would have to put him on the 53 for him. And if Justin goes on the, the injured list, it's four weeks minimum. Correct? Right, right. So if he goes on injured reserve, it's four weeks minimum. So my only point is, is if you're getting him on the active roster and Justin's not on injured reserve, if you're still going week to week, at least at the start, the like my guess would be. Well, think about it. He Nate would Davis, probably go on injured reserve. Isn't Nate Davis going on injured reserve? Or is he already gone on injured I, reserve? I would like to see them sign another offensive lineman. No, I agree, but I'm just saying like that could also be your roster spot because he's got a high ankle sprain, and the thought there is it's a four to six week injury. No, I, I know that, but again, like, and I know you acknowledged what I said, but. My priority now is not to sign Trace McSorley to the active roster. My priority is to find another lineman. Like, Ryan Poles has not done enough to begin with with signing linemen, drafting linemen. Well, that's a different conversation, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, like, replace your guy who just went on injured reserve with another lineman. Bring in another guy who's out there off a team's practice squad. Do they who, have any anybody on their practice squad on the O-line? O-line practice squad guys? Not sure. Or on someone else's practice squad that you could activate to your roster that you would like to get a look at on your in your building. But you need to bring, like, use this as a, a time to scout. Like, and it sucks. Like, the Nate Davis injury has gone under the radar because of the Justin Fields injury. And just finally, when you got him up and going, now he's got a high ankle sprain, which usually takes a long time to heal. Well, from. now your offensive line, which I thought played exceptionally well based on you know expectations against the Commanders, I thought that there was some really good things that came out of that game. Now, who's going to play right right guard? Who's going to take over all of your snaps, which have been erratic at center? I, is Braxton Jones going to come off the injured list as well? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, the, especially so the, in their line. The Bears have four offensive linemen on their 17 man uh, practice squad right now, so they could obviously 
elevate one of those if they wanted. Austin Pleasance is a tackle. Bill Murray, the offensive lineman, oh, yeah. not, not the comedian. Groundhood. Uh, okay. Matt Farniak. It is. And then uh, Ray Meteka. Yeah. Meteka. M-B-A-E-T-E-K-A. So all, those four players are on their practice squad. For what it's worth. How about you just you gave a pickup for Dan Feeney? How about we get a little Dan yeah, Feeney? Yeah, right. I don't know why they've been reluctant to do that. Um, uh, so uh, then I want to give you the poll question on Fields and then play you what Lewis Riddick had to say. Um, it's brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota dealer. I'll retweet it too. So if you're searching for it on Twitter, it will be at top of your feed. Have you come to a conclusion on Justin Fields? Today's poll question brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota dealer. I gave you three answers. Yes, he's the Bears' future. Yes, he's not the Bears' future. Or no. Basically saying, hey, I need more time to sort of evaluate this thing. 2,500 people have voted. 15.8% say yes, he's the Bears' future. 52.1% of the people say You've made up your mind that he's not the Bears' future. And 32.1% of the people say, no, you have not made up your mind. And the trick bag here is with the third of us, because I'm in that group too, I needed 17 games for this. I needed 17 games to be absolutely positively certain with Justin Fields. And now you're going to have to come to a conclusion without that. um, that The question is, how many games are you going to get? from him to evaluate him. And I think it's an interesting question, and it's an interesting conversation to have at this moment, knowing that he's probably not going to be available for a while. Does that speed up the evaluation and the decision process for the people up at Hallis Hall? It's going to have to. Of course. It's going to have to because, again, like I said before, the artificial deadline isn't his fourth year, which you don't have to pick up anything, and it's still his rookie deal. The the artificial deadline is the end of his third year because that's when you can draft. You're in your best position to draft his replacement. So you either have to say, I'm never going to have a better spot to get his replacement than this draft with our pick and Carolina's pick, or I, I punt with those picks and I draft the best offensive linemen or skill guys for him, or I, I, I trade down and I get lots of more first-round picks, like I did with this year's draft. That Those are your decisions. And I just think that going up against that deadline, not knowing all those answers, the answer will probably have to be, I don't know enough about him, um, and I'm leaning towards he's not the answer, so I'm going to have to find his replacement in this. I'm never going to get a better chance than now. I would think at this particular time, if the people up at Hallis Hall have to judge him on his body of work and what decision they're going to make, I don't believe they've seen enough to put all of their eggs in his basket at this point. And I'm not sure, barring a miracle recovery and him coming back and playing at a consistently high level, that they're going to forego the potential opportunity to draft first overall in a quarterback-rich draft in 2024. That's just reality. Yeah, damn. It's so unfortunate. Here's Lewis Riddick. And uh, Waddle asked Lewis, the entire interview, by the way, 20-plus minutes of it, really, really good stuff about the coaching staff, about getting Kevin Warren involved, that – 
if he's Kevin Warren, he's asking hard questions about why does it look different with uh, with Tyson Bagent getting the football out versus Justin Fields getting the football out. He would want to know that from Getze and Eberflus. Uh, but Riddick was asked by Waddle, um, have we come to a conclusion on Justin Fields' time in Chicago? I have a feeling that it's, it's heading down the path of it all may be reset. Okay, it may be it all may be reset, and I, and I don't know. Look, I don't like speculating on people, on people's jobs, or especially, especially without having intimate knowledge and being inside the building. And but I know that's what we're we're paid to do. We're paid to kind of make educated, you know, form educated opinions about what's happening here. But I, but I'll tell you this: when Bajit comes in the game, I see the offense. If you see how quickly he gets through what he wants to do, and how quickly his process happens. Like, it's just like, I'm not, this ball's out of here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not messing around here. His tempo picks up because he knows too. Like, I don't know. Maybe we don't have answers. Maybe I don't trust his offensive line. I just know that when they're, when the ball's being thrown, I'm getting it the hell out of here. And this is, he's doing this off with, I would assume like zero reps during the week, right? Yes. Zero. Absolutely zero. So I'm going, okay. So why has that not seemed to have improved dramatically for Justin, is something not happening as far as the way him and Luke are communicating this? And I know that that's already been hinted around about the fact that, you know, when he made the comments that he made, and you know, there's people who have been, you know, spouting off, you know, regularly over the fact that Luke's the problem, Luke's the problem, it's not Justin. And then people want, it's Justin's the problem, it's not Luke. Well, something's wrong. So let's just put it this way something's not clicking, okay? Because the rhythm, the pace, the consistency, especially when we're talking about the passing game, is not there. It's simply not there. And when that happens, obviously if you're on the inside, you're going to start, you're going to start getting, pulling people in and going, what the hell is going on here? Take me through how this young man's being taught. What are the issues? Is the issue him? Is the issue you? Can we find out an answer to this issue? Because in the end, if you can't, people are going to be out of here. And, and you know what? So, yeah, what does this lead me to think? That if I'm a team president, you know, I'm an owner right now, I'm having some real, real probably loud talking discussions going, if I don't get some answers here or see some improvement, just in terms of the pace and the rhythm with which we play, because I had an undrafted season coming there, and all of a sudden in a, in a situation like this, and I'm just telling you, I, I just watched the tape again. It looks different. It looks different against the guy who I knew was going to come in here and try and blitz the living crap out of my offense because he's going, I want to see if they have answers. I want to see if they can play faster. I want to see if they can make, get stuff happening faster so I'm not sitting here whacking this quarterback. And if, you can't, if you're not prepared for that, it doesn't look like, it's just like, well, okay, so maybe, you, maybe this combination isn't working. Maybe somehow, way, this combination, is, and that is disappointing as hell to me. It really is. And that doesn't mean that, Luke can't coordinate offenses, and that Justin can't play at a very high level because just a week ago, although it was a much different type of game plan that Washington's defense employed early on against Chicago than what Brian Flores did. What Jack Del Rio did and what Brian Flores did looked much different. And you're sitting there going, DJ Moore just goes off. Justin looks happy. Everybody's going, well, maybe we've turned the corner. Well, no, you haven't turned the corner. You haven't. And that usually leads to wholesale changes where at some point everybody's gone. Now maybe they keep maybe they keep Ryan, 
and he continues to work on building out this roster and he picks a different head coach, maybe he didn't want, you know, Matt Eberflus in the first. I don't know. I don't know. But I know this. You can't have that kind of inconsistency. We all know this in the NFL and continue to stay in football. You just can't. Somebody's going to go. Something's going to change. Because it just seems that year two into this regime with this quarterback, it can't just look so damn lethargic all the time. It can't look – it just can't. And, Lewis. and when I'm watching it, like I'm, I'm – because I'm rooting for – I always root for the success of people, not to sit there and hide in the weeds like most of the clowns in, in our, you know, in society <laughs> sit and wait for people to fail. I'm like going, come on, let's go, let's go, like let's get this thing moving along, and it's just not happening. And that is very frustrating to watch and then have to talk about because now we're talking about people, you know, who knows, maybe Justin Fields is moving on, maybe not. Maybe he's on to his third set of coaches, maybe not. I, I don't know. And that, but I, but I know this, there's no way it can stay the same. There's no way right now that, the powers that be in Chicago are sitting there going, well, let's just run it back exactly the same way one more time next year. There's no freaking way. No freaking way. There's just no way. Yeah, I'm with you. So just like a lot of people accuse, hey, well, you're not a Justin guy because then there are people who are Justin guys and then or there are people who are not Justin guys and then they, they're rooting against him like you're saying. We're, Waddle and I are Bears fans, and we want the yep. best for the Bears. So yep. what what I think you're saying is if you're a scout and you were just at a combine or you're scouting these games or you're a general manager right now and you're scouting Justin, are you telling me you obviously see a problem with Justin processing the defense, whether it's pre-snap or during the play? Well, let me let me put it this way. Within the context of what he's being asked to do, it seems as though it's not happening fast enough for him. Okay, He's not able to get through what they want him to do. Some, something's not connecting because it just seems to happen too slow. And it can't always – look, the NFL can't always be, well, one read and just take off and run it, man. We'll just keep it that – no, it can't always be that. It can't always be that. So, And then when that happens, so let, just so I'm perfectly clear, that doesn't mean that someone is a slow processor and he's dumb and he's just, that's not what I'm saying. Because, you know, all teachers aren't created equal. And this, does, this also doesn't mean that Luke Getze is a bad offensive coordinator or a bad teacher. But this is a bad mix it's starting to look like. It just is. Because I will say this, you cannot tell me that when Tyson Bajan, when he comes in the game, you can't tell me that it's not happening quicker for him. There you go. There's a sampling of Lewis Riddick from earlier today. You can get the entire interview again on the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, watch it as well on uh, YouTube and our YouTube channel. It Subscribe just there. hasn't been good enough consistently enough. There have been some pop-up games and some pop-up moments, but... And again, as I said when we started the show, has he been dealt a good hand? No. He's been dealt a bad hand on a number of fronts. Is it all his fault? Absolutely not. But good quarterbacks have a tendency to clean up the mistakes of others. They're problem solvers. And even when things aren't perfect, you're asking that position, whoever it is, to provide solutions. And, you know, you watch the film against against the Vikings on Sunday and – the first play of the game, as Lewis said, you know, you know what they're going to do. They've got 
pressure packages out the wazoo. And they show you a look initially, and I guarantee you they worked on this. And the first play of the game, the quarterback doesn't recognize what they're doing, and it puts them in a negative situation to begin with. And then you ask the question, are they not being coached well enough? Is it the player? Like everyone I've asked that lives in the trenches says there's no question that's a, that's, that was obviously coached for the quarterback to recognize that. He shuffles. He has to get rid of the ball quick. He is the responsible party for the sixth rusher. I got five offensive linemen. There's six guys showing up in this particular look. The six guys, the responsibility of the quarterback. So, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. There's no doubt. You've got to provide solutions, even when things aren't perfect. Not everything in the NFL is going to be so, clean. Something's missing, though, with the way they're teaching stuff. Because even the way they're teaching their line protections, guys like are making he, mistakes. Like, with, they're doing and they're doing it with authority, like we so, said earlier. Like again, they're this making is just, mistakes with authority with a purpose. There is the like like we've said ad nauseum. This is culpability shared. This isn't one person's problem. But right now, it just isn't working. It's not good enough consistently enough. They've lost fourteen out of fifteen games. 15 out of 16, 16, whatever it is. It was a 14-game losing streak, wasn't it? So, I mean, like, again, what we did, what we saw the first or the the previous two games, we saw improvement, we saw progress, and then you saw more of what we'd seen previously. So, I mean, again, I guess the, the conclusion is it's just not good enough consistently enough. Tony on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tony? Hey, thank you for taking my call. You got it. It seems like uh, Justin Field is going to be the scapegoat for Ryan Poles, and and if they don't, if they do not win more than three games this year, of course the coaching staff is out of here. Yeah. How does Poles get a free pass? And you're looking at his draft choices; they haven't panned out. A couple guys they have not panned out, and then you're going to trust him to make a to have two draft choices to pick another quarterback. I think that. It's a they valid point. Clean, they should clean house. And if, if Justin leaves, all of them should leave. Because there's no way that this is all Justin's fault. It's not and all Justin's first, fault. It's not. Right. No. And that's what we right. – Tony, this is what happens when you allow two men who never should have stayed in the first place in Ryan Pace and Matt right. Nagy – and yeah. and you knew. Remember when we had most, this conversation? Yeah, you knew, and we told you. You knew they were most likely out. They should have been fired then. One last gasp, guys. Come on back, because we like you. Ryan and Matt are our football guys, and they bring them back. And not only do they bring them back, they allow them to trade up for who, Tony? Uh, well, your favorite player, Mitch. No, no, no. No, no, no this no, is before that. This is on their last legs. They allow one last gasp to trade up trade for up Justin. For Justin so then, Justin so Field. you trade up for Justin. They develop him wrong in the first year with that Cleveland game, with the way they're running with Andy Dalton, with not giving Justin reps. It's all wrong in that first year. And then what happens? You fire the guys after one year. And Justin's, off, Justin's off and running with bad development. Right. And it's a colossal organizational failure from the beginning of Justin's run here. Can I ask one question, though, before, before you cut me off? No, of course. Okay. Do the, both of you 
do you feel that Ryan Poles deserved the job as the general manager? Deserved the job when they gave it to him? Yes, when they hired him. I got to be honest with you. I did not know really anything about Ryan okay. Poles other than coming from Kansas City. And he was okay, a BC so guy. So why, I just, why is KC the dumping ground in Chicago? You took Matt Nagy, which he claimed to be Patrick Mahomes' mentor. I, didn't, I never believed that. He was just a salesman. And then you had Ryan Pace that came from New Orleans riding off Sean Payton's coattail. When are the Bears going to actually go and get a bona fide GM? The, the problem is, is the bona fide GMs are hired. The problem is, is that if you're going to hire a guy who's already been a GM, he's already been fired and he's out of work. So you've got to find the next good one who's an up and comer. And then Phil Emery, don't forget, was off the Kansas City tree as well. So they hired Nagy, they hired Poles, and they hired uh, Emery, all from Kansas City. Well, it hasn't worked. No. Okay, the Bears are the team that makes mistake after mistake, and all they do is blame other people. If if Kevin White is the Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren. Kevin, Kevin Warren. White was a bad draft pick. He was a mistake, too. Yeah, yeah. That, that was another bad draft. Yeah. Right, that was another bad <laughs> draft. There's mistakes but, all over. That's the problem. Kevin Warren should have the authority, Yes, if he's the president, to pick his own GM. Yes. And that GM picks a qualified offensive coach to be the head coach, the tutor, the next quarterback, be it if it's Justin or no, another quarterback. Tony, what if what if Kevin Warren stands up and he says, "I believe in Ryan Poles"? What do you say then? Oh, it's over with. Do, do you actually believe that Poles have the know-how to pick and gather a team that's on a playoff level, not championship? I, I don't know. I don't know yet. Level. I know. I don't know yet. Okay, I don't want to find out. I want to get another person there. Well, Already. but then you're then you're playing the what-if game with the next person. I mean, what like, have these guys actually showed you? What have they showed you? I, th- there are a lot of question marks, Tony, and they, these are all questions we have already talked about. Like nobody, like you said, it's not all Justin's fault. I just the last statement I said, I think before we took your call, was this is shared culpability, and it's not one person's fault. The, the, the thing that polls has done that that he has going forward for him, and I uh, granted, I just wrote about this uh, for Shaw Media. There's a lot of question marks, but he has set up the organization with perhaps the best draft equity they've ever had. And flexibility. Yes. Who will trust? Who, who's going to trust that? Real quick. Okay, real quick. Now, if they, do, if they keep Justin, okay, pick the right receiver, which would be Marvin Harrison, and trade down and get a stud offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. So we can see something next year. See, but, I, but Tony, I could say the same thing to you that you said about polls is like, what has Field shown you in 30 games that would make you believe that he's worth passing up this great quarterback draft? What great? Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to debate that, but they have not put the team, a team around Justin Field. They haven't. They haven't put anyone around him. Maybe DJ Moore every now and then. Uh, where's the running back at? Where's the offensive lineman at? Even Cole Komet is questionable. He's another question mark right there. So it's not like they put 
superstars or budding superstars around him. They have put middle-of-the-road players around Justin Fields, and he's supposed to exceed at that. I, I really don't think that this is his fault. So what do you expect? That, so what expectations should you place on the quarterback of an NFL football franchise in his third year? Like, what are the expectations? Even if you're not working with an all-star cast, isn't the quarterback, it's, it's the most difficult position in all of professional sports to play. And when guys play it at a high level, they're the highest paid people in, in, in the sport. So what is the expectation? Okay. Uh, okay, let me just put this out here. How does Herbert play to you? Herbert played uh, poorly uh, last night. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Poorly. He, he hasn't shown really too much either in his years. He hasn't shown that much. You know, so it's a hit and miss. But I still think that Justin deserves a better team around him and better coaching. That's what I believe in. I believe in better coaching. We all believe in better coaching. You're right. you're right. Look, we 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 could we could toast to that, Tony. We got to run. All right, we're up against the break. Okay, thanks for taking my There's call. Tony. All right. Thank you. We you, you just you can't take the responsibility for playing well completely away from the quarterback and blame it on everyone else. The same way you can't blame the quarterback for all of the problems. Right. Let's continue taking these phone calls. Uh, Lewis had some great stuff. Meller's waiver wire coming up next as well. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Out of the shotgun formation, here's the snap to Chris Chandler. Looks downfield, hit from behind, down he goes. Steve McMichael on the sack. And Dickerson is hit behind the line of scrimmage by Steve McMichael, and the Rams will have to punt. to the delight of the sellout crowd at Soldier Field. It's euphoria to come out of that tunnel before a game, the goosebumps, people screaming for you. If everybody could do that, they would know. They would know true elation. That was young Steve talking there. They clip It is uh, Mongo's 66th birthday today. Future Hall of Famer. Uh, and uh, my guy John on Twitter just sent out a tweet. Perfect timing, too, considering that we had this scheduled for 5.30. He wrote, uh, and I believe he is um, Mongo's daughter's godfather. He wrote, um, happy, birth- happy birthday, number 66, to my man Steve Mongo McMichael. Steve ain't quitting anytime soon. If you want me to wish him a happy birthday, let me know, and I'll show him the tweet. And he sent a picture. It was a picture in the tweet of Mongo, his daughter, and Misty. So you could see the picture of Mongo. Mongo's dressed up, wearing a crown in his uh, wheelchair. Toughest man on the planet. He is. What he's gone through. So uh, all our best to the McMichael family. And like Waddle said, like there, there has never been a bigger teddy bear uh, around. He was Waddle's teammate on the field. He was our teammate here at ESPN 1000, still remains our teammate, will always be our teammate. But, uh, like, that guy, I was scared blankless of him when I was told I was first going to do Bears pregames with him 20 years ago. 
And then I soon found out that he was a teddy bear. And you were endlessly impressed by him yes. as a human being. And, and found out that he is just one of the nicest guys yep. ever. And he'd bring his dog upstairs and the dog would poop all over the place. And, um, and he would take me places. We would go and uh, we would just have a blast. We would go to Champagne for a Bears pregame show when I was doing the show with him and Dave Dewerson. Uh, we would go... Um, to gentlemen's clubs, we would <laughs> from we, champagne to champagne. Yeah. Rooms. Yes, from that that would be the name of the book. From champagne to champagne rooms, my life in times with Steve Mongo McMichael. He was the ultimate teammate as well. Yes, he was on all fronts. Yes, he was somebody uh, you could count on. Can and always yes, count he on is. Mongo. Yes, yes, and yes, yes he, he is. is. I shouldn't say past tense. Uh, so shout out to uh, the McMichael family. Mongo, we're always thinking about you. Um, Meller, uh, why don't you give us a quick waiver wire, and then we'll go back to our phone calls before we cross talk with Black and Abdallah. Would love to. Obviously, won't uh, can't transition away from Mongo, but happy birthday to the man. He's, like you said, a great teammate. Uh, I had a few occasions to work with him as well, and he's just awesome. Greatest guy, man. So uh, The greatest. Love to uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. Of course. The waiver wire presented by the fine folks over at Tullamore Dew. Tullamore, Tullamore, Tullamore Dew. All right, boys, for your week seven waiver wire wrap up, a lot of folks are throwing out the names Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell as the running backs to scoop up because Christian McCaffrey's dealing with an oblique injury. I'll tell you though, this there's a problem here unless you're the McCaffrey owner. Because Adam Schefter sent out a tweet earlier today saying that McCaffrey has a chance to play, and it's a Monday night game. So I don't know what the hell you're going to do with Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell if you're actually looking for somebody to count on. And so if you don't have McCaffrey, I will caution you, it's worth probably trying to grab them and stash them away, but it's going to be hard to commit to using them because it's kind of up in flux for a Monday night football game. I think the better player to go ahead and put your fab budget on, Zach Evans. He's the sixth-round pick for the Los Angeles Rams. They're dealing with uh, an injury. Kyron Williams is likely going to miss. He's got an ankle injury, and Ronnie Rivers suffered a serious injury that's going to keep him out for about four or five weeks. So Zach Evans, the running back for the Rams, I think is a, a higher priority over Mason and Mitchell. Craig Reynolds for the Lions is set to uh, take on the bulk of the ro- the load for the Lions with David Montgomery dealing with some rib injuries. And of course, Roshan Johnson here. Assuming he is cleared from concussion protocol, he's still available in 58% of leagues. I think he'll see a bigger featured role. I think you guys probably would agree on that, mm-hmm. right? So oh, yeah. uh, with Khalil Herbert still out, Roshan Johnson, once he's cleared, will be the lead back for the Bears, I would expect. A couple receivers for the guys out there who need them. Curtis Samuel, available in 71% of leagues. He's seen reception totals of 7, 6, and 4 the last three games with a couple of touchdowns in that period. So he's somebody who I think might give you a little bit of help with six bye weeks this week. And then finally, uh, two more for you. Rashi Rice. I don't love using him right now, but he looks explosive, and I think the Chiefs are going to need to lean on him as the season continues to progress if they're going to get back to being a Super Bowl contender. So Rashi Rice, if he's available, he's out there in 70% of leagues. And then finally, if you need a little more immediate help, Wandale Robinson had 8 for 62 for the Giants this past week. He's he's been getting healthier, so uh, I think he's somebody who uh, might help people in PPR formats. I think the trade deadline, too, not for fantasy, but... 
for the real NFL is two weeks from today. Halloween. Yes. It's on Halloween it falls so, this so year. So two weeks from today. So like a team like the Chiefs may end up getting another wide receiver, some other teams. So I, I hope there's going to be a lot of movement, and I hope one day that they'll eventually move the trade deadline back and let teams trade later in the year. 312-332-3776. Harding and Charlotte, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Harding? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? So, listen, one thing you guys are wrong about, as you did a, such an eloquent job describing the Bears situation, this is one man's problem. The one man is Kevin Warren. Because out of all these deja vu, groundhog expectations for the same behaviors and still thinking something different is going to happen as we go through this Mitch Trubisky situation again and the recycling <laughs> coaches and not matching up GM, head coach, offensive coordinators, quarterback, the one thing we've never had is a president of football operations. Kevin Warren has to do exactly what you described. He has to go down on that field and understand how Justin Fields is being taught. Because what's going to happen is if we start recycle again, the name we will talk about exactly the way we're talking about it will just be Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. That's all that's going to happen is the change of name on the back of that quarterback. So the only decision the Bears do actually have is to pass on this quarterback class. You have to because we keep saying, well, what did Justin Fields show us? What Justin Fields is showing us is he has every physical trait available to him. He needs to be taught. He's having a slow time learning how to read defenses, so be it. But the thing you do for that is you teach somebody how to do it. I know no quarterback in the in the franchise history nor in the NFL history where a rookie came in and did something immediately for a team that was not already in the position to win. When I think about Russell Wilson, that defense was like almost historic, if I'm not mistaken, the defensive, uh, the defensive back course. Like they were amazing. Pete Carroll was a – head coach that knew what he was doing. We keep aligning all of these first time for every single important position within our franchise. That's not a recipe for success. At some point in time, you have to say, okay, we're going to miss something here because we have to have somebody that's a veteran at this point. Ryan Poles probably should stay. You're rid of the head coaches. Keep Justin Fields. Kevin Warren has to say, hey, the decision to trade the draft pick, we got to start building for the future. And then once we actually build that defensive core, the offensive core, whatever you want to call it, if Justin Fields needs to be replaced then, then you do it. You can't do it now. I know, but you, you, you also years. can't pass on prospects who you deem yes, you can. to be. Yes, you can. Uh, yes, you can. Harding, look, the, the look. Best I quarterbacks ag- right now, I'll, 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 I'll let you go. The best quarterbacks right now, Tom Brady, sixth round, right? Best quarterback of all time. Yes. Mahomes got passed up by 10 teams. Sure. You look at Deshaun Watson and you thought to yourself, oh, there's a quarterback. Look what he's looking like now. So, yes, you absolutely can because these generational talents, you can't keep naming generational talents every three or four years. Sure, That's you, not generational you, you, talent. You could find them, but you haven't found them. And, and they're in the perfect path for you right now to not pass them up. The one thing I will agree with you on, if I'm Kevin Warren, and I know he's busy doing a lot of stadium stuff, if I'm Ryan Poles right now, I am doing a deep dive on this organization, and I'm testing the water figuratively in that building and I'm finding the commonalities on what's gone wrong with all the developing of the quarterbacks throughout the year and how high could do it differently this next time, if that's what you're yeah. going to do. Like, I've got so to, you, Harding, you, I've got to hold on uh-huh. to something, though, more definitive with Justin to keep him. I just can't go and say, uh, I'm keeping Justin just because I need to give him more time. 
That, that's a Still, faulty philosophy, that, too. Yeah, but to say that is to suggest that you believe that a rookie quarterback is going to come in and change a franchise structure. This is a poorly run business. It, even if we ignore the development piece, this business is poorly run. You continue to not align hiring with what your goals are. Like, it's a terribly run business. So you can't have that be on right. the with that the in mind, though, a- with, with that in mind, you have a quarterback that wasn't drafted by the general manager who wasn't hired by the president of football ops. And you so basically what you want to do is keep that in line. You just right. said so that, again, that it's been... Well, over I'm, and ju- over. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> But but if you have the opportunity to reset it and do it the right way, and, you're and now a coach you're with a new quarterback. Like when was the last yeah. time they drafted the quarterback with the new coach? They hadn't done that with with either Mitch or with Fields. Correct. They, they did it the wrong way. That so way. You're like you're promoting that they've done it all the wrong way, but you want them to stay status quo. I don't. That doesn't make a no, ton no, of no, sense. No, no, no. That's that's not what I'm saying. When you did, you've done it the wrong way historically. You have to change it, right? So you don't get rid of everybody and start from scratch all over again. You have to maintain people, let them get the run, and then you start from scratch if it doesn't become successful again, guys. Poles and fields have to move on. They have to continue. The coaching you can change. But for the next two or three years or whatever contract you sign fields to next, that's his deadline. Yeah, I do. That I, has to I, be I, it. I, he I, has I, every physical trait, guys. Like The only thing he's missing are the teachables. That's it. He has every it's a big trait. thing. You can't well, find it's not just better. the teachables. It's it's. I mean, it's it's. Thanks, play, uh, Harding. I appreciate play it. one. Right. Play one of the game on Sunday. They had eight days to prepare for it. They messed up the protection plan, and it's a quarterback's responsibility. Not suggesting to you that again that he was the reason why offensively they scored only X number of points. Not saying that to you. But you can't just eliminate that from the equation. Well, and you can't go out and hire a new coach and say to the new coach, you know what we're going to do? You're going to make the same mistake over again if you do this. Right. Say, we're going to have the number one and number two pick or number one and number three. Right. And you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to take the quarterback. We're not going to let you pick your quarterback. Good luck hiring the best coach that well, way. Well, think about Good that. Good luck like, with that. Think about it real quick. If Ben Johnson's your guy. What if Ben Johnson comes in and you try to tell Ben Johnson that he's got to keep Justin when Ben Johnson says, I want this guy or I want that guy? Well, he's not going to take the job. He's not taking the job. He'll he'll have his pick of whatever team. You can't. He'll go to San Diego to coach Herbert. You can't argue that they've made the wrong decisions over the course of time, but then ask them to remain status quo doing the same things that they've done previously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 312-332-3776. Let's cross talk with Black and Abdallah coming up next. Hello, friends. It's your buddy Tom Waddle to tell you about the best banking team in all of Chicago, our friends and partners at Wintrust. And just like a perfectly designed play, Wintrust creates a game plan to help you reach all of your financial goals, like a checking account for your family, a first savings account for your kids, financial planning for your retirement, or maybe a loan. For your local business, whatever the need, Wintrust has the right game plan for you. Wintrust, team of bankers, lenders, mortgage experts, and wealth and treasury management professionals all stand ready for any play life throws your way. So come check out Chicago's Bank. And when you open a new total access checking account today, get a special $300 offer. Visit Wintrust.com slash TAC or visit them at any of their nearby locations to get to know your banker. Wintrust, proud to call this city home. 
$100 is required to open. Requirements to qualify must use link to apply. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Let's uh, cross talk with Black and Abdallah. It's all brought to you by our great friends and partners at Steinhoffels. Uh, many locations throughout the Chicago land area, the newest in Harwood Heights, just east of O'Hare. Check them out. And uh, I shop at the one in Vernon Hills. Black and Abdallah for the full ride today. Full ride. Gas up and ready to go. After uh, the appearance yesterday at 115 Bourbon Street. That yeah, place we, had, is great. we had a great time last night. It was awesome. Were you in front of the huge screen television? We were yeah, in the front of the stage. At? Yeah, so we were in that big room. Yeah. So we were looking out at the television yeah. screen on, okay. on the side. Because I, I think uh, in recent years, they've switched around where the stage is located. Okay. I think once we had the, the football convention, and it was in one part of the room, and now the stage is like on to the side. So I, I think it's kind of moved around. That place is awesome, though. There's so much room. It's crazy the, how big it is. It's yeah. an institution. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it absolutely great. is. Shout out so. to the people that came out to see Lance and were there for us. They got a nice like <laughs> heater patio, too. Yeah. And, yeah, and they have a stage for out heaters. there now. Yeah, a lot of heaters. They do. A lot of heaters. Do they have a stage outside, too? Waddle, they, they have a stage one, outside now. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So when, you know, before the weather turns, we, we should get uh, some more station events down there I'm for with that. with you. We need more station events there in general. Yeah, it's always a good time. People show out, so we we had a fun time. We Man. drank a lot of Miller Lite. It was good. Many memories. I believe that's also the place we were reminiscing about Cuddy and when he told us yeah. that Lovey was fired. Yeah. I also believe that was the event, and I forget Waddle if you were there or not. The event where. Brandon Marshall challenged uh, Carmen to a boxing match. Oh, when called he called him clown. in? Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. he was there. Oh, he was there? Like, and he got there early. I'm not sure if I was. He was. It was the Brandon Marshall show, and he got there early. Yes. And he came for our crosstalk, and it was when Carmen was sort of bad-mouthing Marshall, and yeah. then... Marshall heard it and put on his headset. Love that. And then started challenging Carmen. That's always fun. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and then Yurko, of course, who is like involved in all the 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 chatter talk about B Marsh. Distanced himself. Yeah, and then oh, yeah, as he soon pushed as, the mic. Yeah, as soon as B Marsh joined the conversation, did not defend Carmen in no. the least and just Stop talking, and so it was just, stoking the coals. Yeah, and it was just it was Carmen against B Marsh. Yeah, I mean, who to think? Who to thunk too that those two would now have like post football, yeah, talking head careers now where they talk crap about other players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It I happens. forgot I was going to ask Big Caddy if he'd had any contact. With Cuddy, because Cuddy's now on the Inside the NFL show. CBS. Yeah, yeah with mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Clark. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then he also does CBS stuff. Oh, does he uh, really? Yeah, does he do mornings. CBS as well? Yeah, because I've seen him on a panel with Matt Ryan a couple really? of times. I, yeah, I, it's like a I, CBS I, sports show. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Kyle, yeah. Kyle Long does work for them as well, CBS yeah. Sports Line. Or I don't know if he's sitting there for the entire duration of their pregame, but I, I know he he records a... Segment or something. He's just He's probably a in a deer bear. stand somewhere in his property. I think it's called Tennessee. Monday Morning Quarterback, and okay. I think it's on Mondays. Well, yeah, Mondays yeah, or okay. Tuesdays, and after the games or whatever. And it's called Monday Morning Quarterback, and it's him and Matt Ryan and Cuddy's always got yeah, the good, good suit on. 
Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. He's I mean, always like, very well dressed. Well, I remember yeah, that was a huge talking point when he got a stylist. Yes. Like, I remember that being a big deal here. When he was well, like, if you go Ooh, before and after, he got, yeah. If you see the, the before and after photos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the 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 pudgy kid from uh, Vandy, and then all of a sudden he became... The fashionista. Well, from listen, we all, we all have to lose the college weight, yeah, right? Yeah, he looked I like mean, a college kid, and, and then he got the When glove. you're out there drinking there every single night, like, if eventually yeah. you start to go to the gym every once in a while, and even professional athletes. See, they're just like us. He went from Kyle Orton to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he, went, yes, like yeah, he lost all point. the beer weight and yeah. the, the jack weight and everything, and then just started getting a stylist. Yeah. And By great. the way, is Jimmy Garoppolo playing this weekend? Are we getting Aiden O'Connell? Are we getting Bobby Hoyer? Are we getting Ken Stable? Or who we get? <laughs> don't know. Ken Stabler's not with us anymore. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. You're playing. not getting Ken we, Stabler. We either get uh, two former Chicago area high school players, or we get the former Bear Brian Hoyer. That's yeah. true. Where did uh, where did did Garoppolo go to high school? Was it Rolling Meadows? Was it Rolling yeah, Meadows. Meadows. Yeah. I think so. Meadows? Meadows? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think God, that's true. Handsome. Yes, he is. Yeah. He um, said that with yes, authority. He well, he uh, yes. challenge me on this. Well, he's probably, handsome. It's probably oh the most accurate thing I've said in four hours. All right, yeah. Abdul, he's handsome. Most handsome guy. Go. Most uh, NFL or just in general? Guy. I mean, pick a guy. Uh, you can't go wrong with uh, with Mr. Pitt. Brad yeah, Pitt. I was going to yeah. go Brad Pitt. Can't go wrong with Brad Pitt. I was going Brad Pitt. George yeah. Clooney. Pitt, yeah. Pitt's George off the board. Clooney. Clooney's good. You know, Clooney cuts his own hair. I found that yeah. out on TikTok. Really? Yeah, yeah. with a floby. He's got really? floby. He still uses he, he still a floby. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what he said. No, no, not back. He still has his. That he works. He and he uses it by himself. Listen, Rob Lowe still needs to get some votes as well. Oh, yeah. But Rob Lowe's a handsome man. Yeah, that's that L.A. John, John, John Hamm's a handsome man in the morning yeah. show. John Hamm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't From think John Hamm's a I, I, I don't think he's in the same category huh? as, as wow. Pitt or Clooney. You and, uh, you and Cap out on John Hamm. had a big love no, scene with uh, not... Jennifer Aniston. Ooh. Ooh, I, got, I haven't seen that oh, episode yeah, got yet. There? Oh, yeah. You know what they say about John Hamm. No. You've, you've, seen the inter- you've seen big the internet shoes, photos, big, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Big shoes, big guns. Whether yeah. or not that was true. Was it? Yeah. yeah. He's and, like, yes. Uh, I thought you were going to say, you know what Cap says about John say, Maybe that's why Cap's mad at him. Maybe that's yeah, why he jealous? doesn't like him. Hey, it's called acting for a reason. <laughs> Does Cap know that? He's I think Cap acting. found that out, and now he's, he doesn't like him. You telling me he's got a giant, giant one? No, not too ba- big. Bad guy. No shot. Bad guy. Way too big. Big guy, bad guy. See, Captain, in that skin tight suit. Remember that shot? Now we got oh, yeah. We got too much cap. If you're John Hamm, are you someone zoomed in? Yes. We got we got too much of the turtle. If you're John Hamm, aren't you wearing tight clothes? outside. I mean, aren't you wearing? You're probably wearing a bodysuit wherever you go. Oh, I'm wearing nothing but sweatpants. Yeah. Cap should wore Spanx for that. <laughs> That was yourself, too much. Yeah, have yourself a great show, Big guy, guys. bad guy? Isn't that what that was? <laughs> big guy, like, bad guy. Big guy, bad crosshairs tomorrow morning. Too big. Thanks to Tyler Aki and Jeff Meller. Also, Barstool, Big Cat, and Lewis Riddick. Really good stuff. There for Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Tuesday night.